Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. 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 You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create la vie. Create your life. Create your life. Beautiful people, beautiful people. Happy Sunday. This is the Create Your Life series, and I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Thank you for joining us today. And of course, we have a very, very beautiful and lovely guest here in the studio. But before we get to her and her amazing journey and the knowledge that she has for us, let's you and I catch up. First things first, I want to actually take a moment of silence um, for a dear friend whose father has uh, recently passed, um, Mr. Dr. Hurley. Um, He was a doctor, internal medicine doctor over at Harlem Hospital, impacted a lot of lives and actually really had an impact on me. He uh, gave me guidance in life, also helped nurse me back to health when I was having some nerve issues. He literally took the time out to speak with me, speak to me about different ways to make my body better, to make my body stronger, and actually advised me on having a surgery that actually literally helped impact my life, the reason why I'm here, the reason why I can do this 30-day 100 push-up challenge from work hard, train harder right now, and that I was able to go and do archery yesterday, I credit that to this man because he advised me to have this operation in order to sustain myself and sustain my strength and be able to build from there because nerve damage is actually, when you start losing your strength, it's not, you can't get it back. So, Create Your Life Series family, I want to take a moment of silence right now for uh, Mr. Matthews. Thank you. Thank you for taking that moment of silence with me and being here in this moment, being present and uh, and loving. So he is survived by uh, three loving children, as well as um, a wife and a family that loves him and a legacy at Harlem Hospital. This is a huge blow to the Harlem community, but again, a great man who has impacted lives, who I'm speaking about and others are as well. And so, you know, we're looking forward to the celebration of his life and who he was as a person and to, you know, hope to to reach levels of greatness as he did. So without further ado, Create Your Life Series family, I want to welcome our guest, the CEO of Sudsy Water and Mia's Pet and Bathhouse, Miss Lashina Clark. Miss Lashina Clark, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. Hello, Create Your Life family in Harlem and everyone listening tonight. Thank you, Kevin, for having me with you. I really appreciate you inviting me here today. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Now, Create Your Life series family, I'm going to tell you how I met Miss Lashina Clark. So remember I was telling you that I was 
doing this uh, business class because I wanted to revamp and just redo my business plan. She actually came in, took the time out of her busy day and dropped jewels on us as a class. And afterwards, I ran up to her and I said, can I please, please have you on my radio show? Because I believe that you're just so dynamic, the things that you were saying. And even earlier before we got on there, I was telling her about the things that she said to me in that conversation. And so, Lashina, being a, a laundromat owner, yes, uh, is that what you've always done? No, it isn't what I've always done. Um, I'm a graduate of Hampton Institute University. I guess, okay, when I HBCU. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Shout out to Hampton um, and all those listening from Hampton. Um, but my uh, degree was in accounting, and I, after graduation, I went into banking. Okay. And um, we know what happened in 2008 mm-hmm. with banking. And so, you know, I just decided at that time that it was time for me to become an entrepreneur, which, you know, it's kind of like my training and my background and, and what, uh, um, you know, our school is training us to do. You know, Hampton University wants to build entrepreneurs and, you know, guide you in that way. So okay. I'm here today as an entrepreneur since that time. Right. And maybe even a little before that, I would say. You okay. Know. So what were you doing before you, you jumped all the way in? Because you, you were in banking. Yeah. And how did this transition go? Like, what happened in 2008 that prompted you to become an entrepreneur? Well, honestly, um, before 2008, I was a property owner, so um, I was a landlord. Um, Mm -hmm. I invested in a laundromat. Um, Laundromats are kind of like a self-service thing. So it was something that I could do and have a job. Um, But once I um, got laid off, I guess, I decided that, there were other services and things we could provide in laundry and that I can do this full time and make it a career for myself and, you know, support me mm-hmm. um, and my family. How many years were you doing your laundromat business as basically moonlighting? Yes. Um, well, like two years. Two years yes, prior. Yes, two years prior. And um, I think uh, 2002, I bought my first investment property. Okay. I think in 2002. So... Okay, so where does the spirit for entrepreneurship come from? Um, you know, I'm going to say my grandmother. She she kind of taught me and my sister all things, so I'll say that. Um, but she uh, came to New York from Grand Cane, Louisiana, okay. um, against her family's wishes because she was so into fashion and she wanted to live in the big city, and they kind of you know, shunned her and called her an old maid and thought she should get married and have children and those things. And she kind of pushed past that and came to New York. And she actually left my mom in Grand Cane um, and came to New York to pursue her dreams. Um, So my mother came to New York City when she was 12. Um, But my grandmother, you know, opened her hat shop and um, she was famous for her hats and she made suits and dresses and fashion shows and, you know, what all time was this kind in of Harlem? things. She yeah, was this, this was like the 1940s. Oh, wow. Yeah, so a, a while ago. Um, yeah, no, this is one of my favorite eras of dressing. Yes, so, absolutely. Please so, speak on it. Yes, my sister, my oldest sister, Pamela, actually, uh-huh. um, they used to have the Easter Day Parade on Fifth Avenue. So okay. my sister was written in the Amsterdam News as the best dressed girl on Fifth Avenue. Oh, wow. Yeah, and the Easter Parade. So, you know... Um, I have some memorabilia from my grandmother, and one of the things I have is where my grandfather signed the rent receipt on her shop. 
you know, her hat shop. And, you know, so I, you know, I see his signature there and I always think, wow, you know, she had the support of her husband as well. Absolutely. Um, to, to live out her dream. And, and that's just who she was. She was really a dynamic lady. And, you know, I always try to um, walk in her steps of womanhood. And here I am today. Right, I so guess. you have this this strong woman with the with the support of her husband who is doing you know this business taking over Fifth Avenue during the Easter Day Parade, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. with these hats and things like that yeah. in, in the '40s. Uh, so you going back to your story in in 2008, you were laid off. Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how did that being laid off? How did that inspire you itself? Because like one day you just rolled into work and they were like, "We no longer leave." Like, what does that look like? I, I mean, it's. Just like you're saying, you go to work and someone says, we no longer need you or, you know, we have to lay staff off because the market at that time was really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just happened to me. So it was kind of like, wow. I felt like it was something that I was having an out-of-body experience because I thought, wow, this is something that I can really control if I do things on my own, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be able to fire myself. Wow. You, know? you will never be able to fire yourself. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I will like never that. be able to fire myself. I can give up on myself, but I can't fire myself. Hmm. And okay. you know what? It's funny that you say that because you have this model. Don't stop. Manage your fear, shame and guilt. Can you elaborate on that for, for us uh, more in depth? Well, I think a lot of times, you know, fear is the unknown, right? You know, Absolutely. so whenever we think about doing something, sometimes your brain goes to the what if of the negative. So that's right. the fear. You know, what if I invest my whole 401k in a business and and lose it all and then I have nothing? Or what if I, you know, refinance my home and, and lose it? So, you know, you have to manage that fear, you know, because there is another side to the what if. What if you do use your 401k and your business is a success? What if you do refinance your home and everything works out fine? You know, so you have to manage that, you know. And and shame is, you know, can I do it? Am I qualified to do it? Am I good enough to do it? Those are all things that people question themselves internally about. Can I do this? Can I do this? You know, if you have an idea and you have the spirit to mm-hmm. persevere, you can do anything that you want to do. And then guilt is um, you may leave people behind or people have expectations of you that you can't meet because you were a different person before you became an entrepreneur. Yes. And now they're like, where are you? What are you doing? And then you may feel guilty. Mm -hmm. And so you stay in that comfort zone. So you kind of have to push yourself out of those things in order to become what you want to. And, you know figure out how people can love you and manage you through all of the challenges that you're going to face. Absolutely. Wow. That's amazing. Managing that fear, guilt, and shame. So how do you personally manage those three areas? Really the guilt, because that's one that I want to know from you, because I know that for me, even in this year, 2016, a lot of my relationships, uh, some relationships and friendships I've had to move away from. And so it's been this thing where it's like, man, I really want to hang on to that. But then I'm asking myself, well, what are, what am I hanging on to? I think that we're different types of people at this point. But so how do you do that? Um, I think what you're thinking, the same exact way, you know, if the situation with, um, you know, family or friends or, you know, relatives or other relationships that you may have becomes burdensome or heavy, 
how do you manage that? You cannot manage that. You, mm -hmm. you can't be guilty about saying, I want to be successful. You want to be successful. I was telling you earlier that my business takes precedent to things. And so I want people to understand that. I was at an event in Connecticut once and, yeah. you know, my employees said, I'm leaving, you know, like in the middle of the day. Leaving as in quitting? Leaving for the day? Like, how did like that work? leaving for the day. Like, I, I, you know, someone called me. She actually said, I'm going to like a spa appointment. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And she's like, no, I'm, I'm leaving right now to do that. So I had to turn around and go. But everyone at the party was like, are you crazy? Why are you leaving? You know, so then... Those are the things you may feel guilty about that, but I didn't. I was like, I have to get in my car and go and, and handle my business. How long know? was that drive? I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like you know an hour or so. I don't know, but you know you have to uh, um, understand where you're coming from. You're not doing anything to harm anybody. You're mm -hmm. doing things to better yourself. So you really don't have anything to be guilty about. Sometimes people feel that they're losing a friend or that you're moving ahead in a way that they wanted to and all those things. And sometimes they don't ask the question for help, you know, help me do the same. Wow. Instead, they try Ask to hold on question. to you to keep you in the same place with them. And it's easy for you all to stay friends. All they need to do is say, Kevin, I want to help you. And then you help me. Right. Bartering. Yes. So I have a question for you. You had this situation happen. You were in Connecticut. When you're driving down the road, are you like upset? Like, I can't believe this is happening. I want to know, how do you keep your cool when you get to work in order to be pleasant to your patrons? Yeah. You know, and other employees who might be there. What was that conversation like um, to yourself? I don't know. I guess I never went into this situation having you know, a complete expectation of people. I mean, we have to realize that people are human and mm -hmm. they're fallible and we're going to be disappointed. And, you know, you can't let that get under your skin. You know, every day is a new opportunity for you as a business owner or as, you know, an employee. You know, you every day is an opportunity. You wake up every morning. You know, my grandmother would say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You know, like morning prayers. Mm -hmm. It's a new day. You know, I have to get here. I have to service people. I have to make sure my customers are happy. Um, no, I wasn't pleased that the responsibility level of my employee is there. And so ultimately, it's a person who can no longer work for me. That's what I was going <laughs> to ask you. What happened to that employee that <laughs> yeah. left you out there high and dry? <laughs> yeah. So, but... Um, you know, you're going to go through that. Yeah. That Those are the things, you know. If you employ people, mm -hmm. people are going to disappoint you, you right. know. And and we may have been, I may have been a disappointing employee to someone, you know. Or could have been a disappointing employer at that time. You right. know what I mean? So yeah. you, you never know. We talked about turnover. This was in our initial conversation. I thought this was so cool that you said this. But we talked about the importance of knowing your business in and out and being involved in it. Because you said that... You can have a, a high turnover rate if you have the money to burn, but mm -hmm. sometimes you got to get in there and literally clean the toilet yourself, mop the floor yourself. So how important is it for a business owner to actually be involved and understand all of the functions of their business, especially when starting? Um, well, I, you know, I, I know there's a motto out that says you can't work um, on your business if you're working in your business. You know, I kind of disagree with that, and maybe that is 
better for like someone who's a consultant or something. I'm business mm-hmm. to client or B2C, business to customer. I'm not really B2B. Um, right. We know we're growing on B2B things, meaning we'll have laundry rooms and different things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, you know, we have a customer. Um, I wanted to know my business. I wanted to know my customer. I wanted to know, you know, the cash flow of the business, how it comes in, what day is busier than the other day. If I'm not present, how do I know that when we add services? I just feel like if you take the time out and plan for two or three years to work in your business and on your business, I know it's like a lot of things to do, so you can't be um, tired. You got to really have that fire in you to keep going and push forward. How do you stay motivated um, with that fire, keeping that fire going? I think I, you know, I, I want to make my dad and my grandmother proud. And, you know, I guess I, I just, I, I hate to lose. So I have that competitive spirit, you right. know. I think, God, if they knock me down, I have to get back up. You know, I have to keep going. I have to do it better. I have to keep going. So, you know, I think someone should find inspiration, you know, to, to be a business owner. You know, you want to see your sales grow or your product grow or how you can expand and which way you can expand. You know, I think, you know, I always have this creativity going. So you should kind of meet with other business owners and have conversations with others and, you know, hopefully light some fire and, you know, creativity in you. Absolutely. So who are some of your peers? Um, you know, some of my peers, my uh, friend Kenya Murray. Oh, yeah, uh, Kenya. Yes, Angie Hancock, Experience Harlem. Um, Angie's been doing this for 10 years. Um, and what is Experience Harlem? Experience Harlem is a marketing company okay. um, here. So they there was the bar crawl. So, you know, she's a really good friend of mine. And um, she actually motivated me. She's been doing this for 10 years. You know, mm-hmm. she... Um, left her corporate job at Sara Lee to start her business. And, you know, I she's in business before me. She just celebrated her 10-year anniversary. Okay. And, and how uh, many years have you been? Um, I've been since 2009. So what is that, like seven? Seven. I mean, I guess, I, you know, full-time where my business supports me, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, full-time where I don't, you know, have another gig anymore. <laughs> right. But so technically 2009 to now, but you had those two years prior, 2007, right? Yes, I had. That's what I'm saying. But, you know, where I just supported mm-hmm. myself with the one income of Sudsy Water. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And you described this um, earlier. You talked about associations, the power of them. How have associations and actually networking, having peers who are also business owners, how has that served you in your journey? Um, Oh, it's so amazing. You know, I tell everyone, you know, we were just kind of touching on that. You have your family and friends and you have people and they're not always business owners or they're not always business minded. It doesn't mean that they are not in love with you or, you know, wish you bad. It's just they don't really have business advice for you. Um, So, you know, if you're a restaurateur, you know, join the Restaurant Association of New York or Harlem or wherever, you know, find associations to join chamber of commerce is you know i'm the president of a merchants association the bradhurst merchants association here in this neighborhood so we're about supporting and sustaining business which is kind of how i met you in your class you know dr butler asked me to come because i am the president of the merchants association to talk about that 
So when you are with other business people, you're talking about business. So sometimes you can collaborate with another business. Um, I have um, one of my association members is the landlord for my real estate. So I lease from now a business associate that I see all the time. In your association. Right. So it's not that, yes, he's in the association. So it's not. So your landlord is not a stranger. You like literally have a real relationship. Yeah, rapport. Yes. And and I can go to him for business advice. And if he grows and I can talk about the growth of my business. Right. Do you have new developments? Can I go in this building? Where can I go? What right. else can I do? So, you know, it's closer. So you're building, you have to network your business, you know. Um, I also said in the class that you should help, you know, join local politics, you know. You should go to the community board meetings. You should uh, help uh, the city council person in your area do coat drives and all these things, you know. You should go to the borough president's office on 125th street. Um, small business services is there on 125th street, you know, um, Harlem business Alliance is there also at 124th and Lex in Lenox, you know, so there's the greater Harlem chamber of commerce, I think on 137th street mm-hmm. between Adam Clayton Powell and Fred Doug, you know, we, you should become you should a member of things. You should, People should know your face and know your name because you're participating in this and selling your business. And I know this is all everyone is saying, who has time to do all of this? <laughs> you have to figure out how to find the time, you know, one or two hours out of your day a week, mm-hmm. you know, isn't too much. You have to find the time to do this. I think it's amazing the fact that you knew or know all of those associations off the top of your head. You know where all of these places are. No, because it's important to be involved in the community because ultimately that's who you're serving, right? Yes. And then, like you said, people knowing who you are is what's going to keep you within business because it's all about relationships, Absolutely. whether it's a relationship with, you know, with your peers who are also entrepreneurs, relationships with your patrons. Mm-hmm. So I just really appreciate you really honing that in how big the sense of community and knowing what's going on around you on the local political level as well as you know with other entrepreneurs and stuff now that you know and you've been in business for a while you have this great group of peers but on your way when you were starting how did you handle some of the naysayers and the people who uh, didn't necessarily have your best interest um you know that's always a hard thing to manage because Sometimes people don't directly say they don't have your back. They just, you know, don't show up when you need them. <laughs> so Very you got to find out the hard way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess I'm going to say it's going to be trial and error. I mean, anyone who is discouraging you, I guess, off the back, that is really a good thing because then you can stop listening to that person immediately. Um, and the other person that says, yeah, I'm in your corner, I'm there for you, and then doesn't show up is a little more difficult to manage. Um, But, you know, there's always going to be naysayers. Sometimes naysayers aren't really against you. It could be, you know, someone who loves you and doesn't want you to fail at your business or lose money or, you know, have hurt or whatever. So sometimes you have to put, you know, it could be from a good place too as well. It doesn't always have to be from a negative place that someone Absolutely. tells you, uh, you know, don't do that. You know, sometimes it's just the fear. Um, but me personally, I just, um, like I said, the people that were upfront about it, I just ignored it. 
and, you know, change directions or stop talking about what I'm doing. Sometimes you can't share with those people right. what it is that you're doing. Um, and What are some of the indicators, like, when you know somebody doesn't have your, your best interest? And how quick are you to get rid of that person out of your space? Um, well, I would say for anyone in business or anyone trying to do anything positive, you know, a naysayer that you know isn't coming from. So let's say if my aunt said, well, Lashina, I don't want you to, you know, take all of the money from your savings account to start a business. I wouldn't really get rid of her because I know that that would be coming from a place of love, like a worry, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but maybe I just don't share. Mm -hmm how much I'm spending or what I'm doing, or maybe we just change the conversation around like that. But, you know, someone that's um, negative, I think you have to really eliminate that person. Um, even if you're not a business owner, you know, why should we be around people that, are, you know... That are, that are negative, right? Yeah, Absolutely. negative. Absolutely, if you know, we're trying to create our lives. Yeah, right, <laughs> that's right. We're creating life, you know, life is positive and good and great and wonderful and all those things. We have trials and tribulations to get us to really see the beauty of life, I believe. so. Okay. Speaking of trials and tribulations, you've said that a big entrepreneur valley can be bad investments. And so I want to ask you, how have you avoided making bad investments? And if you've even made any bad investments? Um, sure. You know, I was um, dipping and dabbing in real estate. So you know, um, I could say that I've had a bad investment there. Um, you know, it, it's devastating. You you have to figure out a way to move yourself out of that. And what was the bad um, investment, like specifically? Um, um, yeah, I think I bought a property in a town um, that I thought was going to turn around too soon. You know, I mm -hmm. anticipating the growth in the particular city to be greater than it was and it took a lot longer than it you know the growth to happen a lot longer than I anticipated so um you know all those things cost you money so you have to do research 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 but at the same time when you do research you can't just be a researcher you have to decide yeah <laughs> you have to shoot the gun right you have yeah. to make a decision to do something um so, so what happened with the it, property um I eventually sold it. Okay. Yes, but. Uh, and so, having experiences like that, how have you? How did you take that and say, okay, you know what, I'm going to do X. What did you learn from that experience? You um, know, to move forward and do things differently. Well, I mean, I think that you know you're going to have a peak and valley. I mean, you know, you may have business expenses that you don't anticipate when you own a business. You know, as your business matures, you should, you know, kind of start gliding through. You know, as your business starts to get five, six, seven years old, but things change. You know, someone's newly elected president. We don't know how that's going to affect tax rates, this, that, or the other. You know, things may come out of the woodwork or whatever. You know, you may get sued. Anything may happen. So you have to make sure your insurance is right, all these things. You have to really dot your I's and cross your T's, you know, when you're an entrepreneur. So you kind of need guidance. You know, you definitely have to have an accountant. You definitely have to have a lawyer mm -hmm. that you, you know, trust and pay, you know, to retain in that, you know, it's just one person. I don't 
me personally, I don't like going to seven or eight different people regarding my one business. I like to find someone that I can work with, you know, for years to come and maybe only have to change if the person passes away or retires or something. But, you know, right. I think. Okay. You, so that's investing in the relationships, your yes. business relationships even further. Yes. Um, what advice would you give to another entrepreneur to help them avoid the valleys of bad investments? Um, Both financial and in relationships, et cetera. Yeah. Well, I mean, also always do your research. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, before you, you know, buy something, um, you know, I think it's, we said in class, you know, you can get certain demographics from United States Postal Service. You can get free demographics, you know, Google, the you can see the library, mm -hmm. other places, Google. You know, is now we have the internet. You can see who's doing what around you. Mm -hmm. You know, you can say, you know, laundromat near me, and it'll, you know, or you could say within a five mile radius and Google, it'll, you know, pull it up for you. So you can see now you want to do the demographics, how many people use, how many walk ups, how many buildings. Da, 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 da. Speaking of demographics, you've recently opened up a business. I know you did your research because I don't see many of them out here in the Harlem community. Can you please tell us about your new newest business? Yes, Mia's Bathhouse for Pets. It's located at 247 West 145th Street. Okay. Um, between it, which avenue? Between Adam Clayton Powell and Frederick Douglass. Okay. Um, or 7th and 8th, I don't know. I always say Adam Clayton Powell <laughs> and Frederick Douglass. Right. Um, but uh, uh, Mia's is a self-serve pet wash. We have grooming. We have um, pet supplies. Um, apparel, leashes, chains, coats, jackets, booties. Um, uh, we also, we had Santa Paws today, actually, that Santa we talked Paws. about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yes, we had uh, Mrs. Claus and Santa Claus come today to take pictures with pet owners. So that was 12 to 4 today at Mia's. So we had a great turnout. It was really fun. Um, you know, the animals, um, are so loving and, you know, it's just like a good spirit. Uh, Mia's is kind of like an offshoot of Sudsy Water because it is like something that we did the demographics for. Our customer has pets. Pets are a growing industry. Um, this neighborhood, if you're walking, you always see people with pets. Everyone has pets. How can we be like a coin-operated pets. So we have this self-serve feature. You can come and you can wash your dog. Um, you don't have to ruin your bathroom or bend your back or, you know, you come in, you give us 15 bucks, you wash your dog and you go home. You don't have to clean your bathroom. You don't have to buy shampoo. We have all of that. We provide all those things. So Wow. That's really amazing. I personally, I don't have a pet, but I mean, you inspire me right now. Yeah, like, to get one, yeah. And, and to spread the word about that because I have yes. friends who have pets. They're cutting the hair and things yes. like that at home. And they're like, yo, I, I don't want to have to clean up after this. Yeah. So, wow, that's amazing. It is. Mia's is named after a family pet who's a rescue. So we also have, um, we support Bidoweed and Pup Stars Rescue. So we believe in, you know, rescuing pets as opposed to purchasing pets. Okay. Um, you know, the city of New York euthanizes so many dogs, you know, in a year you'd be amazed. So I know that um, there was a series on Good Morning America uh, uh, regarding uh, pet rescue because it's such an important issue, mm -hmm. you know. Okay. So 
Mia's is there, 247 West 145th Street. Wow. And uh, Sudsy Waters at 2394 Adam Clayton Powell. Okay. And the drive. Which street are those? Um, that's between 139th and uh, 140th on Adam Clayton Powell or 7th Avenue. We also have dry cleaning. Um, we also have pickup and delivery service. Okay. So being a nerd that I am, I have to ask you, how long did you guys take doing research on the demographic to make sure that opening Mia's would be a good investment? Because I often feel like, you know, you might see some people with a dog or you might see some people who are eating smoothies, right? But in your particular neighborhood, that might not be an actual market. So how long did you guys spend on the actual market? Um, I think we did a demographic study for about um, six months, okay. you know, just to see what else other people were offering in the neighborhood. No one had the feature to self-wash. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone did have grooming or boarding, and those things, or dog walking. Um, it's few and far between. Um and uh, the neighborhood does have a bunch of dog runs, which is where you go out and you see. So we physically went to dog runs to see how many dogs are in the dog runs. You know, there's a dog run at 135th and St. Nicholas in, um, in the park there. Um, there's another dog run at Mount Morris Park. Um, mm-hmm. And there's kind of like an impromptu dog run near us at the Jackie Robinson Park where pet owners just meet up. It's not an official city um, dog run but we did that we did um so you got to kind of do some of your physical uh research as well like you know go into the neighborhood and see what's happening you know want to research what people are charging prices Mm, for the services because you have to be competitive in your pricing absolutely um so i want to transition and ask you what has been the most challenging aspect of entrepreneurship for you? Um, you know, um, when we were a new business, I was going to say the most challenging thing is always finance. Okay. You know, other people's money, right? Other people's time. Those are the things that you kind of base business on, right? Because you don't mm. want to lose your own money. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So um, that's uh, been the challenge. And, and now as a maturing business, um, you know, we have... So you have years of tax returns. So financing kind of opens up a little bit more for you. But then now the new challenge is finding competent staff that wants to stay with you, you know, longevity, so you don't have um, staff turnover. But, you know, those are the things I think that all businesses are challenged with. What are some of your strategies in hiring quality staff? Um, You know, I try to team build with my staff. I try to, you know, so we have meetings. We want people to, you know, even though we're a small business, we have a staff meeting. How many staff do you have in between years and Sudsy? Because you have two locations for Sudsy, right? Yes. um, 1160 Bryan Avenue, also in the Bronx. Um, So we just had our holiday event. So 10. Yeah. So I think we have 10 people um, between the two. Um, And, uh, you know, it's... um, it's something that I think you have to get your staff engaged and let them see how you feel, too, about the business. You know, like you're involved, what your involvement is, how, how you can support them in their goals and dreams. Because, you know, you don't want people to just 
come stay stagnant and then turn over? You know, what is it that some people want to do? Do you want to be a groomer or do you want to be a manager or can you do something else? How can you see when we grow our store? Can you manage um, a team of wash and fold girls? You know, how can you do this? You know, there's, there's things to do. There's always something for someone to do. How can we grow and how can we sustain people? It's it's difficult. It's difficult. It's challenging, but not impossible. What is coming up next for you and all that you have going on, especially being president of the Bradhurst uh, Merchants Association? Um, Well, in June, we the Merchants Association will host its um, third annual fundraiser. So that's been great. Um, That was something I've been able to do. Uh, since my presidency got, you know, to our first fundraiser. So now that we're third, I'm like, wow, time is completely flying. <laughs> I don't okay. know where all the days go, but uh, <laughs> that's good. That's good. We're doing positive things in the community. Uh, Sudsy Water, you know, we're continuing to span- expand our pickup and delivery service. Uh, we opened up the time. So it's from 7 to 9, 10 p.m. now, um, seven days a week. Wow. So we can pick up your laundry and dry cleaning and at your home, and we can deliver it back to you. Um, so we're going to continue to market that and get, you know, we have new customers. Harlem is such a burgeoning community. We have new residents all the time. Um, so we're continuing to network. Um, and... Mia's Bathhouse, you know, the same thing. We want to add new services coming up in 2017, possibly dog walking, um, boarding, or doggy daycare, um, new services. So, you know, we're always trying to create. We don't like to stay stagnant. We like to, you know, grow with customers and meet customer expectations, and we like feedback. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Okay. So how does the Create Your Life Series family keep up with you? Um, well, uh, both Mia's and Sudsy have its own social media page, Facebook. We both, we have websites, sudsywater.com, miasbathhouse.com, um, Mia's, you know, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, you know, it's all so, you know, I look at those every day. Yeah. Some t-shirts. Yeah. We have all that. (laughs) We actually have, yeah, uh. Mints that we put in the pickup and delivery now. Okay. We just ordered that. So, you know, a nice little treat for the top of your thing. So, okay. <laughs> thinking about customers. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. How big is customer service for you and your business? How do you meet and exceed those standards? Um, well, customer service is tantamount. You know, when the customer has the experience, when I'm there, you know, I think everyone's happy. We want to maintain that's how you grow a business right you Retention. add right you add new customers on top of all you don't replace old customers with new ones it's that's expensive stagnant. to get new customers actually. it is expensive it's very expensive to get new customers you have to constantly market and you know uh customer service for any business is you know um when can i have something so I can have it now. It's early. You know, mm-hmm. it's before you expect it to come. Um, uh, I I have an issue or a problem. You know, we're addressing it fast. It doesn't take a week to call back a customer with a complaint or an issue or a problem. Um, I like to talk to the customers who may have an issue or problem. But, I mean, customer service, you know, come to work every day to... Service your customers, you know, let everybody know about your business, you know, okay. it's, it's, it's what we're there for. Mm-hmm. 
So last question. Everybody gets this question. What three pieces of advice would you give to someone looking to create their life? Um, wow. So I would say um, have fortitude, um, you know, manage, of course, your fear, shame and guilt and um, don't turn your back on yourself. Continue to move forward. Just stay focused. OK, well, Miss Clark, I want to say thank you so much for being here and being our guest on the Create Your Life series. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. I'm so excited that you asked me to come today. You know, <laughs> it's hard, but thank you. Oh, I my. really appreciate it. Oh, no, my absolute pleasure. Beautiful people. We had the opportunity to have Miss Lashina Clark on the show, CEO of Sudsy Water. She talked to us about her transition from uh, being in banking, getting laid off in 2008, and starting her own enterprise and being successful. She's been running it for almost a decade. And she says that some of the things that you have to do in order to be successful, number one, uh, look at both sides of fear. Because oftentimes you're going to have that little voice in your head saying, what if something goes wrong? And she says, well, if you're going to ask that question to yourself, then you also need to ask the other part of that. What if something goes right? What if I empty out my entire 401k and then my business booms? So keeping that positive outlook on things is something that Ms. Lashina Clark advises us to do. She also says having fortitude, going ahead and getting out there and getting it. it you know, she says, shoot the gun. You got to shoot. Take your shot. She also said to manage your fear, shame and guilt. Wow. The way that she broke that down was just amazing. So I hope that you guys heard that and are definitely going to going to manage your fear, shame and guilt. And last, but definitely not least, she said to move forward and to move forward at all times. You know, something that she didn't touch on that I thought was really inspiring was she said that she was running her business in the earlier years and her father used to come and work with her at the business. And she said that, unfortunately, he had passed and that when he passed, the hardest thing for her to do was is to continue going to work because it reminded him of her. But she literally stuck to it. She kept moving forward. She had that fortitude and she managed her fear, the fear of being there in the same environment, the same workplace that she had built with her father. She managed that. And, you know, the shame and the guilt of having to move on. And she says that she's inspired and she continues to move forward because she's honoring her dad and her mother and her grandmother and her grandfather who supported her grandmother's hat business when she was thriving here in the 1940s in Harlem. She says she's moving forward and with that fortitude because of those people. So Create Your Life Series family, I hope you take these jewels. As a matter of fact, I know you're going to take these jewels and you're going to move forward. And you're going to continue to be amazing. So happy Sunday. And we'll see you back next week. This episode of the Create Your Life series is brought to you by Manor Soul Food and Salad Bar Restaurant in Harlem, New York. Manor's is open seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Manor's has been serving soul food in Harlem for 31 years. They have now added healthier options to their 8th Avenue locations menu, such as steamed dumplings and fresh salad bar. And all of their food is cooked with fresh herbs like garlic, rosemary, thyme, basil and ginger you can find out which location is close to you by visiting their website soulfood.com